the guts and it's the glory. A hundred stripes, a hundred stories. It's the pledge of allegiance on the 4th of July. It's them handwritten letters from home. It's them sleepless nights alone. It's his newborn baby he left with his wife. Mr. Red, White, and Blue. kind of a different kind of show tonight. We're doing open mic night and we had some people that wanted to be part of it and we had some people that were invited. And I can't invite everybody because I would love to have everybody on here. Um, I got Deweese here in Wisconsin. Hey. She thinks it's going to snow <laughs> here. the only reason why I showed up. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cold here. <laughs> well, cold in the evening, warm in the day. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's why we're here together. We are actually out at the Tomahawk Airport right now. And I'm going to bring in the rest of our crew that we have um, joining us tonight. We've got Wendy, the Explorer. And hang on. We've got Karen up. You guys have all seen these, these guys before, these gals. Um, so we're going to start, and I'm going to show you. And I don't know if you guys got our little our little uh, saying that we had for the show that you might not want to miss. So it's not 20 gonna... bucks is 20 bucks. Is it? <laughs> no. no, no, definitely not. So um, at some point we're going to try to fix audio on one of our guests because I don't know what was going on. Anyway, we are going to invite our first one in and it's a husband and wife team. And we're going to start with the wife. They have a sick 
baby. Um, so we're going to start with the wife and they're going to take team. So we're going to join everybody in. We've got Leah. Hey. Oh, Reese is with the baby right now. And yeah. let's join in some others. Let's see who else we got. We got another husband and wife team that you guys have seen before. Oh, it's the ant girl. Hello, Priscilla and Filippio. I can still not hear you. Wait, try it now. Okay. Um, we've got audio problems with them. They're going to try to keep working on it. And I've got one more guest to join in. Oh, yeah. We are banging on all cylinders now. <laughs> hey, Trevor. All right. So big night for us tonight with all of our wonderful guests. Let's start with Leah. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Did did uh, your husband Reese have to really twist your arm to uh, deal with this? Eh, no, <laughs> I go with the flow. <laughs> good. All right. So tell us a little bit about you and where you're at in flying and what you've done so far. So I have about 16 flights in. Um, I started training with Reese actually in June of 2020. So COVID obviously happened that year and we had gotten married in February and we were kind of like, all right, like we went on our honeymoon and we barely got back into the country and we're like, what are we going to do now? Like everything shut down. So we kind of were trying, we decided to try and get like certified as many things as possible. So we learned how to scuba dive. I got CPR trained. Um, and then he found that he kind of started working at aviator and he's like, Hey, like, um, do you want to learn how to fly? And I was like, sure. Why not? Like it's the year of learning things. So, um, I joined in the class with him and we learned how to fly and it was really cool. Like it was definitely different and definitely pushing myself to a limit that I I've never done before. Cause I don't really consider myself a sporty person. So I was just like, Holy crap, I can do this. That's awesome. So I did, I did a lot of running for my, my two weeks of training <laughs> before I could actually get off the ground. Nice. It, it was awesome. So, and you did, um, you were down at Bad Apples, right? I was, yeah. So we started and you a- you did a tandem. Mm -hmm. Yep, and you did a tandem with uh, Pirate. Yes, that was so cool. How was that? I, it was awesome. I haven't um, actually been able to fly for a long time because after training, um, I ended up going back to work and then I got pregnant. So I didn't want to like risk anything. So I, I stayed grounded and then after that, like it was dealing with um, having a new baby and being a mom for the first time. And um, so that was really cool to finally like have a, like a little village to kind of help watch the baby so I could get up and go again. So that was really, really cool. And I'm pregnant again, so I'm grounded again. <laughs> but, so how far along are you? Um, I'm going to find out tomorrow, actually, because oh. I found out. Um, right before the bad apples trip. So I didn't get a chance to go to the doctor right before. Okay, well, congratulations. Thank you. All right. Um, are you gonna find out if it's a boy or a girl? Yeah, I want to, but I think we're going to um, keep it a secret and do like a paramotor reveal with it. Oh, nice, very nice. Yeah. All right, 
so you plan on staying foot launch? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, I like it. So, um, I mean, trikes seem awesome and everything, but I, I do like the foot launch and I, re- I really like landing, actually. <laughs> That's my favorite part is coming down. <laughs> really yeah i know it's weird but that's like my favorite thing because i just i like just like that that's my favorite thing too. Like landing i'm like oh i feel yeah, like a little, like little fairy yeah all right anybody got any questions for her in, in the chat at all do you have your own equipment i do not um reese does so i kind of use his okay yeah i kind of feel like a fairy on landing too right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to say hello to Shane's Planet Shane, Lynn Anderson, Paramotor um, Mom, and Rachel Blocker, my buddy from Texas. John Wayne, we were watching your videos yesterday. And who else we got? Bill H. Hello, sir. Daniela Williamson. And... Trevor's in the chat talking to people. Karen, Jason, thank you guys all for joining. And I apologize being a few minutes late because we ran out of, um, I wasn't watching the clock and we had a 15 minute drive and Deweese made it in like 10 across the town to the airport. Yeah, I had her doing some little bit of high speeds. All right, so. Um, so Leah, you probably aren't going to be able to fly now anymore. Do you plan on doing any more tandems while you're still pregnant at all? Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing any more tandems because it's, it's just really cool to get up in the air and like, because I don't have that many flights in, like it, I wasn't confident enough to keep myself safe, I guess. Um, so I, I feel better going with somebody a little bit more experienced, but still being able to get up in the sky is like really cool to be able to do. All right. Let's see. Um, anybody else on the panel got any questions for this wonderful gal? Um, I think somebody said, uh, where was that? Deweese is looking. Sorry yeah, if Shane I- Shane Planet, Shane asked if she foot launched her trike. Yep. I think she said she was a foot launcher. Yep, foot launcher. Mm-hmm. All right, um, well, Congratulations and um, yeah. keep keep us informed as when uh, you have the baby and when you also start your, I, I'd be interested to, hopefully I'm sure that'll be on video of uh, the reveal. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know it will. <laughs> so that'll be awesome. Um, we'd love to chat with you guys more and have you back on the show sometime, you know, together. Mm-hmm. And your little one's name is Olivia. Yes, if I remember. Yes, yeah, she's about, have, she's she's about to be a year old. Yeah, I uh, stole her from Gladys at uh, Bad Apples a couple times just to get a baby fix. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll well, give her a big hug from us, and hopefully she feels better really soon. Okay. Yeah, I think she might be coming in right now. <laughs> all right. So, all right, Wendy, how are you doing? Doing good. Um, got to fly my oh, new. She's a little. <laughs> Look at her. Hi, Randy. 
doing good. Um, got my new wing out, was very nervous. I had, had a hard time sleeping the night before because I knew it was going to be me to put, hook up my A-assist, make sure that I trusted what um, Brooke Sheffield had showed me. And so everything worked out good. Um, taxied it, taxied twice, had good taxis. So I thought, send it. So I sent it and had a great flight. It was about 5.45 in the morning, right after an orange sunrise. And uh, again, Rob Candela took awesome photos of getting good photos of my wing and me flying from above me and the side of me. So I- That is a beautiful really wing. Yeah, it's thank gorgeous. you. And it, you really don't feel the bumps. Um, but again, that one has the, um, it's the T-bar with the handle for your brakes. But it feels like it's too far out of reach to put it on your magnets. So I was a little intimidated by that again. But it has three strings going to it. So you can just let it go. And it's not going to get sucked into anything. So I did let it go. And, and I felt comfortable letting it go and letting it hang there. I didn't mess with my uh, 2D steering and my tip steering rings. I didn't mess with those yet because my motor started acting up. Every single person at Jersey Shore Airport's motor had carb problems or had weird problems going on. So we think it had to do with humidity and just the air quality that day, because it was strange that every single person had problems. But, Speaking of bumps, it's gotta be unusual to be flying while pregnant. Like, man, it's really bumpy out tonight. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, Wendy, what type of wing is that again? So that's the Ozone Triox 2 that has the winglets, so the little shark fins. And what do those shark fins do? Keep you from oscillating. They absolutely, you can try and oscillate, and it's just going to keep correcting itself. It's not going to let you oscillate out of control. Nice. All right. And it's well, a faster wing, too. I definitely felt like I was going faster with it. What size is that wing? Uh, 35 meters. It's a real big one. You definitely feel the weight of it. So, like, I was a little nervous because when I first took off about 50 feet off the ground, my motor, I was full throttle. And it takes all a three-quarter throttle just to get you off the ground. And I was full throttle, and it started burping. Like, my motor just gave, like, a bunch of gargly, and uh, I felt it kind of surge forward, and I got real nervous. <laughs> but then it didn't break you know it didn't actually stop or stall on me or anything but it did it three times about 50 feet 150 feet and about 200 feet and I was really nervous but since I just kept holding it I got up to 2200 feet that flight because I was like I am gonna stick to this and get high <laughs> so worked out good well I I really like the colors that you got and those pictures that that gentleman took are awesome so I can't wait to fly with you again. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, let's go. As long as Reese is here, we'll get him on so they can go back to baby Olivia. That's not feeling the greatest. So thanks for joining Reese. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to say uh, thanks for having me and a uh, big shout out to all my uh, aviator fans out there that watch the aviator show too, because um, it's been such a wild ride being able to produce content for such an amazing group of uh, flyers. So, and shout out to my wife, Leah, and my little baby, Olivia, because they are my reason of being right now. So <laughs> they keep me uh, grounded because <laughs> I'm always ready to fly. I'm always floating with the wind and uh, 
you know, she's definitely my rock. So I guess in case some somebody might not know you, what do you do down at Aviator? So I am the video producer for all the content that goes on their channel. And I uh, started that in 2020, right after we got married, as Leah was saying. I uh, made a video and put it on the internet. And Eric and I happened to be friends. So he invited me to come in for a uh, interview. And he used all the same equipment that I did. So I just went right to work on that same day. I was like, let's just shoot something. And uh, started a, a great relationship. So it's been two years now and uh, went straight for the world right now. Did you stop at Nebraska recently? I thought there was chatter about that. Yeah, yeah. We uh, took a 30-day road trip in an RV. We started in uh, Bad Apples and then went to see my sister in Nashville. And I created a, uh, a content series called uh, Life After Aviator to, to journey to people's house that had trained after Aviator and just hear and see what they do after training because you learn in Florida, sea level, but some people, you know, live out in Colorado where it's, uh, you know, 9,000 feet elevation and it's a vast drastic change. And, and of course, when you fly with people that, that are constantly talking you up or training, uh, it, it gives you that confidence, but to go out and go by yourself, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a huge leap. So uh, I just wanted to hear real life stories of, you know, what it was like for them after training. So, yeah, I did get to Nebraska. Um, again, just being real news paramotoring, I was actually uh, given one of the new Limitless frames because they knew I was going to Colorado, and I fly an Atom 80. So they were like, you are not going to make it in Colorado with an Atom 80. So here, borrow the, the, the factory R. And on, on the way, uh, one of our first few stops was Nebraska, and I actually was, tr was struggling to put the propeller on. I was like, surely this can only go one direction. But no, you could definitely crisscross the propellers. So I was like, they gave me the wrong propeller. Oh, no, it doesn't fit. It keeps hitting the, the shroud. And so simple things like that, you know, that you just learn from over time. You know, every, every day is a learning day in this sport. Very nice. All right. Any questions for Reese while we're on here with him? He barked. He barked somebody. Where did that go? I'll just, I'll just, oh. while, while we wait, this is my studio. So behind me are two 40 inch monitors, just regular TVs. And that's what I added on. So you can see this one's vertical so that you can see all the different thumbnails. So it just makes editing such a treat uh, when you have the space to just see everything in one shot. So right now I'm editing a 4th of July edit. We got to fly in Vero beach. So we just had uh Whitney, join in. What up, Whit? Uh, hi and bye. I didn't get to say goodbye to you before you I left. I know. Uh, <laughs> a question for Whitney. Um, where's James? Probably uh, fine. He, he's over there getting his motor ready. Here, move the camera over. So James. <laughs> well, you can't see him. Well, we can't uh, see him right now. He's behind a septic. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll buzz the pattern there. I guarantee you he will. Probably. <laughs> you know James. <laughs> Hey, Whitney. I think, uh, oh, there's hey, Wendy. Hey, Wendy. Is that, uh, Karen? Oh, oh, hey, Karen. Hi, Whitney. <laughs> and we got Trevor. Hey, Trevor. Hey. Trevor. Hey, hey. Priscilla, are they, are they stuck oh, there? Oh, there. You guys Almost look frozen. like you were frozen. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't hear no, 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 we're good. Can you hear I'm us now? Right. Yeah, we can good. hear you. <laughs> All right, good. do you have any questions for Reese? Do I have any questions for yeah. Reese? Gosh, um, 
what was your Do favorite you even know who Reese is? Really? <laughs> I did a day in the life with Whitney, so I spent the whole day following her with a camera. So yeah, I hope right? she knows. What was if your favorite? I couldn't do that with me, you'd have to get drunk. So yeah, the favorite stop that I had on the uh, life after aviator tours, I'd say, you know, going from Georgia all the way to Utah back down. I miss Trevor. I wish I'd have got to stop and see Trevor. It was very brief in that area in Salt Lake City. Um, I... Sorry. Yeah, I was. Um, I would say just hiking with the child and my wife through the Narrows would be like a, 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 a life life memory. But. Um, taking off in 9,300 feet for paramotoring sake is just like a bucket list flying in the Swiss Alps of America with, um, you know, some aviator alumni, yeah, just that was incredible. A sweet spot. And it's so challenging, so challenging. Mm -hmm. So Wendy wants to know if you're going to come take footage of the balloon fest in September and the yeah. training classes, uh, the training classes I might miss, but, uh, the balloon fest, I definitely want to be there for. I actually just started a program at Aviator where we make personalized videos for our students that are interested. Just oh. like if you go skydiving, you can pay for that two minute free fall. Well, it's a little bit harder with paramoting because it's a two week training program. But my friend came down from Colorado and he wanted to get in the film industry. So I trained him up and I said, I don't think we can afford personally to pay you, uh, you know, out of Aviator's budget. But if we created a program where students are interested and buy a package, maybe you can work off commission. So um, we've been doing that for a while, and uh, Brennan is his name. He actually just learned to fly as well. So he's doing personalized videos of all our students that are interested down here in Florida, and I think he's going to go up to Jersey Shore. And I was telling him how awesome that place is to fly because uh, actually him and, I, yeah, him and I were in flight school together at Louisiana Tech University, so we never got to fly together in fixed-wing aviation, but now we get to fly together in paramotors 10 years later. Awesome super cool yeah i'm excited to see brennan up there in uh, jersey shore i'm looking forward to getting back together with the gang yeah yeah it, i mean like of course i had a ton of fun flying uh all across the country but literally coming back to florida and and going rip around with dave taylor and just buzzing the trees out there mm -hmm. i mean oh it's it's incredible i think judson just made a post how he just switched to being a filmmaker for team fly halo and he's been challenges he's been challenging himself so much and he's like struggling of course he had his uh friend pass away so he's struggling to find happiness in in the paramotor and so um you know shout out to judson yeah you're doing such a great job keep keep hustling you'll you'll find your your spot soon and uh just like he was saying he's he's now traveling kind of by himself he's finding his own tribe again but we've have such an amazing group at aviator in florida like just all these people trust with uh, you know flying in the air together as you know when you go to someplace new and you don't really know anyone at a fly and you don't want to just necessarily just go and wing bump anyone you want to keep your distance what goes up must come down and and you don't want to risk it yeah. risk it up there so uh you know shout out again to judson man i love that kid yeah he's doing a good job that's for sure um james wants to know if uh aviator is planning on going to moonshiners and fly in Mountain City, Tennessee in August. Um, I don't personally know if we are. I, again, just got back from our month-long trip. And I need to get back in uh, the groove and just see what all is planned. I don't know if we're doing Endless Foot Drag or, or Moonshiners. 
So just uh, stand by on that one. I, I don't I don't personally have plans for it. Okay. So James is uh, kind of warming up his engine right now. We'll see if we can. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Whitney, what motor is he flying? Uh, he's on the Mosca 185. He just got a new one. Ah. Can you see him in the distance? It looks like a pretty airport. It is a pretty airport. I love the yeah, that airport, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to go and fly there uh, a month ago with Jade and Eric and... Uh, and Montana. And Montana, yes. And uh, the one thing I noticed, I guess Jersey Shore spoiled me for openness. Uh -huh. Because there, once you get up, it's like trees and lakes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to stay here because I don't want to get too far. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you have any issues with your paracamping trip that you took, Wendy? I know you guys were going a good distance. Um, no, I only flew at Wisconsin. Sorry, I oh, nice. Minnesota. I know you had some adventures with your motorhome. Yeah, the tires almost blew, blew out. I had like some flat spots. It was almost turning into the driveway. Tragic. Oh, yeah. In Colorado, we hit a ditch and had it on three wheels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's all adventures, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's one cool thing about this sport for sure that you just load up your airplane and put it in a car and just drive down the road and go fly. Yeah. I can tell you guys in Jersey Shore this year, you won't have the cornfield of mishaps. It will be beans. Oh, <laughs> it's a bean field. Beans huh? in that spot now this year. Uh -huh. so it doesn't look very tall, but it'll tangle you up <laughs> well and those beans get pretty tall they get about six feet tall up there so oh my gosh oh okay. yeah they're huge they're this huge little vines it'll tie you up yeah. <laughs> yeah all right we're gonna look up for a second oh he'll just come right over the top here <laughs> james doing what we all want to do right now he's got the best mustache in the business yeah <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it looks like Randy is going to go up on a tandem with Eric behind us. Oh. So, no no thunderstorm clouds around or anything, right? Like, no, it's gorgeous. No, it's beautiful. No thunderstorms. <laughs> <laughs> it's good apples instead of bad apples. <laughs> yeah. Although Randy said it was really a lot of fun. He enjoyed it, except for being cold. Is it cold out there? No. no, that was a bad apple. Bad oh, apple. right, okay. In that rain. <laughs> Eric was fine because Randy was blocking all the rain on him. <laughs> Randy got the rain. <laughs> so what other big adventures do you have, Reese, coming up? Anything? Uh, well, funny that you ask. I do contract work outside of working for Aviator. So I run a production company, Flying Home Productions, and work as a contractor for Disney. So I'll be going on there new cruise line the disney wish as a lighting team so that's in, uh, in four days so oh, very nice yeah. awesome. going, going to the bahamas filming a bunch of promotional marketing material for them and then we come back i think we might do a camping fly paramotor edit and film and i think we're gonna fly to oshkosh potentially with eric so oh, yeah I think we're stopping along the way, making a couple stops along the way, but I forget where. I think to go hang out 
Oh man, I just I'm jealous of flying now. <laughs> yeah, Sean Sadler is building um, a bush plane for Eric, helping him cover it and stuff like that. So we're gonna stop up there and see how how that process is going. That's pretty cool. I, I don't know how you have time for a full time job and all the other stuff that you do. Mm -hmm. I got miles to feed. You know how it is. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's sleep? Somebody's got his life together. No, <laughs> you should sit. Like, oh my gosh, I'm in a mess of equipment right now. Got to clean my room. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm gonna go scope out uh, this motor and maybe go for a fly. So okay. I will see you all later. All right. Love you, Whitney. Absolutely. Bye, <laughs> yeah. Fly safe. So one thing also is we're gonna try to. Um, I'll talk at towards the end, but on Saturday I'm hoping to do maybe a live show from the airport here while we have hopefully some of our our pilots here oh here goes eric too we'll, we'll get him you're on the camera don't blow it <laughs> yeah he's coming right at us good lord <laughs> <laughs> donut 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 can you see him yeah yep. yes and they're up. Permission to close the pattern. They're waving. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we'll have, I'm hoping for at least 15 pilots to show up um, for our flight. Oh weekend um, we just don't know so i'll talk more about that later but i'm hoping to get a show together on saturday so if you guys look for that i'll try to put something out ahead of time so all right well reese um any new equipment that you're planning on getting or anything like that in the new near future yeah well i've been uh flying the maverick and the atom 80 just because i love how easy it is to start it's maintenance profile and the motor is, is better than the moster because I hear about the, the cracking of the exhaust and I'm on the weight limit. So taking the factory R up to Colorado and feeling the power of that on the limitless frame, I'm <laughs> man, like you said, someone's got his life together. I it's taken everything not to just go ahead and buy that motor uh, just because it was just a, a, an insane blast to have that power. So if I do get a motor, they named that motor bling bling so bling bling is on my bucket list i really want to buy that motor uh i fly a spider 22 it's just sporty enough and i don't need to get crazy on that i need to potentially set up the um the speed bar but i my flight profile is so risky because i'm always flying with cameras and i just don't need another thing another type of contraption to, to you know, something that you always got to think about is just overloading yourself. So it is what it is. I, I'm happy where I'm at with the Spider 22. Um, I would love to do more long cross countries, but right now I'm super happy. I fly with the Team Windy Helmet with the GoPro mod so that I could do vlogging. I just started flying with the PPG Smoke Chase Cam. On occasions, that has blown a couple launches. So that's kind of embarrassing, whatever, nerve wracking. Because, you know, it's just extra energy you're spending setting up while your friends are flying. So, um, you know, super happy with that. Sometimes I fly with a leg gimbal, which is a complete uh, chore and, like, 
I'd say somewhat dangerous apparatus. Once you have a shin pad with like PVC pipe and like an extra gimbal and a camera that you're taking out while you're flying to put and install on your kneecap. So uh, it's, it's all just managing risk at that point. So it's, I love what I do. I love uh, being a flying camera. So any, any technologies that come through the door, like Insta360 just got a new one inch sensor camera. Uh, you know, Wendy flies with a, a bunch of GoPros and, and, and 360 cameras. So it, it, it is um, just a, 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 an absolute joy to film and document this, this amazing sport. Hey, quick question for you, Reese. While you're in Colorado, I don't know what elevations you were at over there, but did you have to retune your carb at all? Absolutely. I was at Silverthorne, oh, yeah. and they're like, "You're going to have to do it if you wanted to fly there." Yeah, I, I kind of, um, I got lucky. I, I just did one tweak on it, and uh, it, it worked out uh, appropriately. And then same thing when I went to Utah, I just brought it back in just a little bit more. And then when I got down to Mississippi, I flew on the beach, and then just brought it back in that tiny bit more, and. It, it, it just, I hit, I hit the mark or it's just that, you know, it, it has a lot of leeway. So just I did tune it. on your low jet. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not Neil from, from aviator. I'm not the mechanic. I just, you know, all right, that looks yeah. good. Run it up. Okay. It's giving me what I think is full power because it's weird when you're flying at 9,300 feet and you're used to Florida. Like the first time I took off, I was, I was like, Wendy, I'm like, is this thing working right? You know, I'm just going to keep climbing. <laughs> And uh, it, when you get back down to sea level, you're just blown away that you had so much more bite. So, yeah, I did do some tuning, and uh, it just worked. <laughs> nice. It was a brand-new motor, too. It was like nine hours on the motor. Nice. Well, Reese, I just want to tell you how much I enjoy your videos, too. You make some great videos. Uh, yeah, I always uh, try to hear comments and listen to comments and, and, and do different things. So I, I love the live stream. We used to have a live stream in, on Aviator right before I joined the team. I know some people asked to bring it back, but I, I just don't understand live streams all that much. So kudos for you putting together the uh, team of panels that you have and the consistency that you've done it. So it's, it's a pleasure to be here. And, and if you have any um, comments on what I can do, like I'm editing this 4th of July one, and I'm supposed to be like, if you chronologically follow the, the, the videos I just put out, I'm not supposed to be back in Florida, right? It's like, oh, I'm I'm still kind of somewhere in Utah. But, you know, like I got to put out a 4th of July edit. And last year we did a, a beach fly. And uh, as as Whitney said, you know, it's it's fun to have all the camaraderie. We had like six instructors flying the beach together. And so I, I, I might – it's so hard because you got Tucker Gott who absolutely kills vlogging. You got Ryan Southwell who just has the most insane cinematography – and it's where do you kind of fit in? So we have a great, uh, you know, working system in, in Aviator where there's eight new paramotor students every week. So you can tell so many different stories. But how many times can you hear a story of students learning to fly? Of course, there's going to be different challenges and different hurdles. And, you know, our, our instructors are learning and progressing. So you can hear stories from them. Um, so this one, I was thinking about maybe just putting it to music. But how long would that keep someone's retention for? So um, you'd be surprised. All... People have different stories, and they all get told in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know. So. Yeah. Well, thank you My for the story. My story's compliment. a bodice ripper novel. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think least, I think that a lot of people have followed you for so long and they're always intrigued to what your next video is going to look like. So I think everybody will watch them to the end. Honestly, anybody who's been watching you will watch it to the end because they know there's always something that's going to grab them. Sweet. Yep. Yes. And I, I think I want to go back to aviator just to, to get training from you. <laughs> I, for, for video productions. I was about to say, don't, don't, I am a terrible paramotor instructor. I tried it on Brennan. I was like, yeah, kiting. Oh, was that a reverse? Uh, yeah, that looks good. Just go for it. And, and then we got back and Mike Brown was like, how'd you enjoy your parasailing lessons? And Brennan doesn't know what parasailing versus paramotoring. So it took him the whole day. He was like, oh, he was fucking with me. <laughs> this is a kid's show. You can't swear on here. No, it's not. <laughs> We've got you on here. <laughs> I was about to say, I think I saw you in lingerie. Yeah. I wasn't swearing. <laughs> and if All you right. want a tip on how to make videos better, I got a great sound bite to bleep out swearing. I'll oh, which one? which one do you use? No, don't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got to watch your videos. He's going to take a drink. No. Garbage. No. I use the I use the duck sound. The quack. Yeah, I like that. I think Tucker uses like a dolphin or something. <laughs> All right. Well, Sorry thank for cursing. You very much for yeah. Thanks for having tonight. me. I'd love to have you on some night just on your own and any of your travels. Um, maybe after the Disney starts. Yeah, I could do a maybe a, a video editing uh, tutorial. I would like to show you. A little bit more on the if you use Final Cut or an Apple machine, you know, just things of tricks of the trade. It's back on the ground already. <laughs> hey, it's James. You, yes. Hey, show us the mustache. We got James. Close up, tight on the mustache. We'll bring it in. Tell him to come closer to the screen. Let's see that stash. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my. It's, is that because the Top Gun came out? Is that because I Top submit Gun? that it cannot. <laughs> Yeah, it went up, totally flyable, just a few bumps, nothing that bounces you out of your seat, so she's good to go. Did you have permission to buzz the pattern? I just got to fuel up and send her, boys. Oh. <laughs> know what you're talking about? Send, send it, not bend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love James. Keep her moving. <laughs> right, James? He's my biggest man crush in the sport. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Do you want? Uh, do you want to keep me here for the if rest? You, of yeah, if you want, and then if you get any questions for any of our other guests, that would that'd be great too. Yeah, I don't hear any crying. Okay, I, don't, I still don't hear any crying. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to Priscilla and Filippo. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, you guys got audio, finally. Thank you for, sorry about that. Thank you for inviting us again. Yep, I'm not sure if everybody will remember uh, you, but I sure as heck do. You are the crazy speed flyer, wingsuit flyer. Jumping off tower flyer, Spitfire. Um, <laughs> paraglider, not paramotor though. Um, we have a news. We what? have a news. 
Tell us, so, tell us your news. This is, I was like, I gotta tell Jade. I gotta tell Jade, but I never got to. So about a few weeks ago, we finally took off on a trike with, I'm not, I'm not driving, obviously, I'm not piloting. Yeah. So a friend of ours has the whole setup and he said, well, let's, uh, let's get you flying on the para, uh, paramotor. And he has the trike, he has everything, the whole setup. And, and he's like, would you like to jump off of it? And we're like, sure, let's do it. So we actually got to fly over the ocean. It was beautiful. It was, it was oh, oh, oh my gosh, I can't even, I don't even know how it, for me, I, I wouldn't do it. You guys are crazy. I, I can't, like the takeoff, it's very, scary. it was so scary. The takeoff was really scary. Are I thought launch. You're scared of something? Yeah, it's just, it feels it's like wow. you, you, you really need to trust it. You really need go, to trust go it. For it and don't hesitate, otherwise you fuck up totally. <laughs> oh, he's getting But anyways, sorry. <laughs> we. We were like both of us in takeoff. It, it felt very. Um, it w I was nervous. I full launch. I understand you really have to commit, especially on the when you're like on very you know those uh, high um, like high highly. I mean, you have to be like really really concentrated. Especially like we've flown the Alps, we've flown Switzerland. You really have to commit fully. But to commit fully on the trike and you have the wing and you have to uh, like uh, understand the motor and you have it's so many other variables. It's incredible what you guys do. I for me, it was very hard. Like I, I could never even imagine launching the paramotor like that. But anyways, thanks God my friend was there. He was the pilot and he has a it's a tandem. So he, he's like, all right, so we're, I'm like, well, I need at least, uh, uh, what was it, like a thousand meters uh -huh. or so. And I'm looking at his altimeter and I'm calculating because your base, I, I was, uh, I was um, jumping the base jumping rig parachute. So I had to make sure that the setup that I, that how I configured it, it was good for that altitude. So it, it gives me the good to go. Everything was clear underneath. We actually went through a little bit of clouds. They were like see-through clouds. Um, and then all the ocean, it was just amazing. So I'm standing up and he's like, don't worry. Before we left, he's like, you can actually touch the, the, um, the A's and B's. Don't worry about it. It'll be tense enough and it'll be pressurized enough. You can actually, if you need to get out of the structure, you can actually touch your A's and B's, but obviously not yanking it. So I'm so afraid of touching the A, B's and C's lines. And I'm like, oh my gosh, not the C's, or, you know, obviously. But I, I touched them and they felt pretty, like everything was so well pressurized. You know, I'm like, okay, I feel good. So I get out of the structure, I'm getting ready. And I do my last checks. I check with the pilot again and I jump four front flips 
and then I just get a little bit of uh, momentum and then I open. It was just, I think, one of the most beautiful jumps I've ever done, honestly, from the paramotor. Yeah, that was the best. And he actually did it with the wingsuit. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he was even crazier. How high did the tandem take you up? Like uh, 3,000 feet. So about a thousand meters. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he didn't have a big, like you can see, he didn't have a lot of gain. Of course, you don't have time to kind of glide that much with the wingsuit, but um, it was fun. I I never experienced paramotoring, so that was that was amazing. It was good. amazing. It was like, this is slow. I don't like it. <laughs> no, no, it was good. It was yeah, really wow. good. It was it's, really, really it's good. It's not slow at It's all. not slow. <laughs> In a wingsuit, how long do you have to fly from 3,000 feet? It wasn't much. What was it, like five uh, seconds, 10 seconds? Of jump? Yeah, 10 seconds. Yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah. Where did you start but it, in, it, in skydiving? Did you start with AFF or how did you how did you approach your uh, into paragliding yeah. or, or what was the first thing you started? Uh, yes, yeah, so everything we try to do everything by the book because obviously there's a reason why there's a structure. Um, so for to answer your question, for the para para shooting, we started with the AFF with the skydiving and went through the steps. I became a coach um, and a wingsuiter, so that's our specialty within the skydiving, and also do the course with the uh, wingsuiting uh, because it's a it's a very specific discipline and then for the para we are speed flyers but we started with the paragliding so we did everything that we're supposed to do well, at least i did um in italy there's not really a structure like in the u.s in the u.s with the yushpa under yushpa you do have the speed speed wing ratings um and you can go through that journey as well um so that's to answer I was your ask question. If you did the speed, the speed wing. So you you fly proximity to a mountain. Do you go to like a, a ski resort? Like where do, where do these locations exist? Um, everywhere we can. You know, we first get like we kind of like look at the mountain and then we go and uh, scout. We do a lot of scouting because obviously you have to have very particular. Uh, uh, you have to have very particular conditions, not only in the weather, but also in the terrain. So we do a lot of scouting. A lot of our um, actually adventure is scouting for speed flying sites. And to answer your questions, there are sites in the US uh, that you can go for speed flying, like the Saboba Flight Park. <laughs> that's our, sorry, we, we get really emotional because that's where we learn. Uh, but uh, we mainly flew in the Alps, uh, in Switzerland and Italy. Uh, but there's there's sites all over the world. You just have to make sure you understand the terrain and the same thing as the paramotoring. You can't just fly. But you have to make sure that you know where and how. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. But I wanted to share. We wanted to share with you that we finally got to fly the paramotor and in the trike. Mm -hmm. You didn't weird. land. You didn't land on the paramotor. You just 
<laughs> got the oh well, we just took off. <laughs> I jumped, yeah. and then the Peter, Peter Mortar landed on its own. You, you liked your friend, but you didn't like your friend that much. You're like, yeah, I trust you to take off, but uh, this landing. <laughs> exactly. So it's amazing. What did the the pilot have to do? Um, Shane Planet Shane is asking. When you let a passenger off the front of a trike in the air, what does it do to the hang point angle? Mm, it's gonna, it's going to kind of offset the wing a little bit, so you kind of have to correct it because obviously the when you climb out, you're either on the right or on. I think he wanted us on the. We were on the right starboard yeah. side. Yeah, the uh -huh. the right side. So he told us you the the structure and everything. It's going to start banking toward the right so just so you know you can't hang there forever so be aware of that because you're gonna offset it uh he had to like miss make some i don't know what specifically what kind of maneuver he did but um of course he's, he's trying to keep it leveled and then once i jumped um i can't when i'm rolling i can see i can see the paraglider each time i go up a little bit but it was completely stable, no no problem. Because I was kind of worried about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I offset him ba like really badly? Or, And then when I'm turning, because I'm front flipping, um, I'm just, I just keep glancing at it, but he was super stable. I just continued his flight. So, but it was Very really nice. interesting. It's a lot of stuff that goes on that you have to keep track of. You have a speed bars, you have your motor, you have, your everything like the wing and and then i was worried i'm like how are you are you okay like landing landing this big wing by yourself he says yeah no problem so i'm like okay very nice i'm still mad at you just so you know you guys um after we had you on as a guest like three days later you went and secretly got married Oh, because oh, because I explained that already. Because there was no space anywhere, and we found the one spot. We kind of did the walk-up wedding, and it was the last spot. And it was, uh, I think, it was during. They had uh, Valentine's Day. We couldn't get married. There's like the holidays. We couldn't get married. Italy. We couldn't get married because of the COVID. And it was just one thing after another. We found one spot that Friday and from Thursday to Friday. And literally our parents, too, and they got they got upset. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, and, but that was pretty cool. You did it with your parachutes on the back. Yes, we're actually trying to um, we're going to edit soon um, afterwards like the the jumps after that we did after the like during the wedding so we'll we have a project coming up so we'll let you know all right if i ever get married again guys. Still, uh, you can be my bridesmaid <laughs> that's great <laughs> thank you guys so we got whitney trying to get ready to go up here and montana okay i think she's borrowing montana's old uh um engine right now oh that's right she had a yeah that clutch problem and eric's been kind of helper trying to help but i think she she's got a part ordered uh to be delivered by saturday so to our house 
So let's see if she can pull this off. Can you guys see her okay? It's it's on a wide angle. Yeah. She was saying no pressure when James went up. Well, Whitney, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> we just had a beautiful sunset with um, blue gray clouds with pink fluorescent pink outlining every inch of the bottom of the cloud. It was really pretty. Got inflation. <laughs> I was got trying to move. Get my own. I was trying to get move. Get my own. Darn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> She's probably got kayak arms. They were out kayaking on our lake before <laughs> I came here. So <laughs> Tim says, take it easy on my old girl. <laughs> All right. So any other news from you guys down in Texas? Uh, what else? Um, no, we're just uh, we're, we're just missing so much speed flying. We're in the flattest. Now, I, I mean, at this point, we should really take up paramotoring. <laughs> we're in the flattest we've ever been, and we're really missing our paragliding and and speed flying, but. We're trying to compensate with the wingsuiting, so. Well, why don't you hop on a plane and come on up here for our fly-in this weekend and we'll take you on some paramotor flights. That sounds a lot of fun. <laughs> that sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, well, for sure. So. We're, uh, we're just like, he just gets, so he, you know, the brand Ozone, he, they do a lot of the paragliders, so. He flies mostly ozone and I fly mostly like another brand, but he's like, oh yeah, I just got my six, six meters. And I'm like, why did you even order it? We're in Houston. <laughs> so he's currently on a six meter who he's been flying from his friend, but he actually has his own. And I'm like, we need to buy bigger, not smaller. We're in the flattest part of earth. And, but he's still really happy he received it. He's like, we'll, we'll take a trip. We'll go somewhere. And I'm like, okay. I'm still I on another time. Why don't you guys look at Palo Duro Canyon in Texas? It's the northern westernmost part of Texas. And it's the second in line to Grand Canyon. You could jump off the top of that, I'm sure, and glide all the way down. Oh, nice. Palo nice. Duro. P-A-L-O. Okay, Palo Vero. Okay, Wendy. Yeah, Wendy's giving us ideas. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, we were we went there for a motorcycle trials event for my husband, and we were like, we are five miles from the site. <coughs> it's flat. We just see cows, and then we turned right and we went straight down. I mean, it just clumped right in like it was Grand Canyon. So like the Grand Canyon. The world, and it's the second to the Grand Canyon in the U.S. Usually, you don't tell your friends to jump off a cliff. <laughs> These two we do. <laughs> no, well, as you can understand there's you always go first there, you scout, you measure, you see the weather, you look at the wind, what's everything doing? You have to like maybe you spend half day not doing anything. You're just there, you know, and you're just scouting and we're not saying that you can be super like safe, but you can definitely minimize the risks that are already pretty high. So, actually, here we go. 
Going to Utah, I, I was under the same impression. Coming from Florida, I'm not used to flying canyons, so I was not going to fly in Utah at all. In the most pretty places to fly paramotors, I just chalk it up. I wouldn't do it. But I got to meet some of the locals there and having a local talk to, talk about the weather there and educate me on, on yeah. canyon flying, that made me feel comfortable. And having a wing buddy, because if you go down, then you have someone that marks your location, can find support and mm -hmm. you know get – get uh safety crews out there so uh like you said i i was in moab full intentions not to fly i park and there was a paramotor flying in the air i was like i gotta find this guy i gotta find this guy i couldn't find him he like we're getting ready to camp the guy passes me up in in a car with a paramotor in the back we parked right next to his campsite so we were neighbors so That's i, I chatted that was Victor, and then I hooked, hooked him up with uh, Judson. Judson Graham got to go and hang out with them in, in Moab, so connected them that's too. That's awesome. That's what I think. That's what the sport is about. It's not just like, oh yeah, cool, I can jump off this. It's about exchanging also this kind of um, experience and um, the friendships. They stay through time, like. Some of our base friends are in Italy. Some of our base friends are like all over the world. They're speed flying or paragliders, you know, friends. And maybe you don't see them for a year or two, but then when you see them, you start flying again together. It's it's just like you never you never been apart, you know. So they're very very strong experiences, and they last forever. And even random people, like you're saying um you can always learn from each other and the sports they continue to grow thanks to this kind of uh principles and attitudes very nice i have to say trevor looks like a warrior right now i know he's got that face paint ready I was thinking I was on that Disney ride, you know, out of Animal Avatar. Kingdom, and he's like all garbed up with those lights. <laughs> oh, it's not Steve. Steve. Going to the blind. See now. <laughs> good. You didn't have to move. No, come back. You're cool. Yeah, we like the tiger stripes. Wait, wait, wait. I just had to. Oh, that's not going to work looks any cool. better. It's so bright. Yeah, the, the, the stripes are cool. You're like Avatar. I'll come back. back. For this. Yeah, bring the stripes back. <laughs> Avatars rode uh, dragons. I mean, they're cool people. Go. All right. Well, thank you, Priscilla and Filippo. Um, thank you so much thank for you. taking time to come on with us. I'm happy you didn't have to work tonight. So, um, and last night, um, I got contacted by Tiger Boy, and he wants to share a little share a little bit of information and we're making him uh saving him for for last and we'll talk to karen also and see where she's at but um trevor what the heck are you doing on here yeah i don't know <laughs> you let me come on that's what i'm doing i know and thank you so much of course so, so tell us a little bit about what's been going on since uh was it july 1st July 1st, my big day. Yeah, congrats. Thank you, thank you. It was uh, arguably the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life and the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. I bet. Yeah. And how's it going? I'm so excited I can't even sleep at night. <laughs> I just like giggling like a little kid in a candy shop. 
Nice. So tell us a little bit about what your plans are. I know you've said some and in, in some people may not have caught your video. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I'm doing beginner training here in Utah. You know, I opened up my own paramotor school here. I'm also doing a lot of advanced training for pilots who are already in the sport, which is kind of a cool thing for people who uh, don't have a ton of experience and want to get better or just kind of want to learn like level two, I call it level two training. Uh, then in addition to that, I'm also going to be doing like a, a fly camping clinic kind of thing where it's like come out to Utah and we'll go fly camp a couple of the coolest little locations that I've kind of scouted out. Uh, as well as this fall, we're planning what we call as an adventure tour where it's going to be like a four to seven day trip where we all just go road trip around to the coolest spots whether that be like adventuring northern Utah or southern Utah or Montana or Idaho or any of that stuff. And so it's just, it's a bunch of fun things. The, the biggest thing that I really wanted to do uh, in this new chapter of life is bring the, is have a lot of things for people to do once they've gotten into the sport. Because there's, you know, you, you have like your little divisions. If you have a great community around where you live, then you have a bunch to do. But if you don't have that community around where you live, uh, then you don't have a lot to do. And there's not like companies or people bringing people together to go and do things. Like there's nothing to like plan and go do. Uh, there's a couple companies that do stuff, but not a lot. And so that was kind of the goal is like, how can I have more things for people to do who are in this, who want to go do more things and hang out with the cool people? Because every time I've ever gotten together with the community, whether that's out of flying like Salton Sea or just running into Victor down in Moab, like, uh, uh, Judson did, then it's just, it's such a fun experience. So that's kind of what I'm doing. So are you doing that? Um, are you kind of solo or do you have some help with that? Uh, as far as what part goes? As far as training or as far as the travel? Yeah. Yeah. Like as, as far as what, uh, I am currently going at it solo. Uh, I have like a, a team of people who are helping me behind the scenes as far as like training stuff goes. And then when it comes to like the traveling tour stuff, I tend to just connect with people in an area and kind of partner with them to find the locations and set up, set up the event and logistics. Cause that's really that all you're, you're figuring out when you go to a, a travel is trying to figure out the logistics. What's the name of your company or your LLC that you started? Backcountry PPG. Backcountry PPG. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So James says he's building great customer service. Sent an email asking about sales, and he called me back within a, with a full rundown of it. Very nice. I think it'd be a great team up with Hillary Fair if you know who she is. She's a PPG flyer in Utah, and she does like special like canoeing trips and stuff for women yep. on the side and whatnot. But she's a pretty aggressive flyer too. Yeah, she's not too far from me. You know her then, Trevor? I've never officially met her, but I've half talked to her a handful of times. Okay, yeah, she's she's a spitfire. She is awesome. I think it's a great idea. I think uh, coupling it with other high adventure things would be almost perfect because if you can't fly, you can go kayak or you can go raft, whatever they have, hiking. Moab and Utah, where you live, is just so bustling with adventure stuff. Yeah, wrap up all of the fun action sport things together and have just like a week-long vacation where let's come together and go fly dirt bike and barbecue and 
do whatever and let's just have a good time. I, that, that's fair. But here, if, like, Soul and Sea is, like, getting together with everyone and meeting all the faces that you see on the internet. It's like, how can we create that experience more often and still kind of keep it special and do it in different locations and cool spots that, you know, you wouldn't ever plan to go to? It's like you're ever really going to go explore, like, some backcountry ravine of, of Idaho all that often. Uh, but if there's like, this event and this group that are getting together to go and do that, then it's a little bit more fun and doable. Trevor, hang on one second. Um, I think we got, I think your Wi-Fi or something is your internet's gone bad. You froze. And you're sounding like a robot. <laughs> Are you able to hear us at all? Great. Seems like we lost. Yep. Wait, am I back? There we yep. go. Sound good. Now you're yes, good. I'm back. Better. Perfect. Yeah, we, we were we're hearing robotic techno music for a second. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it, was, it, was not, it was not the good robotic techno music. Technological <laughs> robots. So I've got a question on your your backcountry um, two three day flyouts. Um, are you like I fly a trike? Are you gonna be able to bring trikers along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. The, the goal is that the LZs are, are more user-friendly uh, okay. and for people to come to and use and also have a lot of space. I don't want it to be – I mean, I want to have, like, the experience where it can be rough and rugged, but at the same time, I want it to be something calm enough and smooth enough for the average person to be able to come out and enjoy. Great. So where can people um, find information about you and your new – business uh backcountryppg.com is the best way okay all right are you gonna be training in uh texas anymore uh for certain seasons uh no i won't be training in texas i will be training in utah and then i'm considering going out to new mexico uh or california for wintertime months okay can you explain uh your, your location in utah like how uh i think I've been to Salt Lake City, and there's like Point in the Mountain. There's uh, Eagle Mountain, I think, was one of them. And then there's you, or who are, you're closer to the lake, right? So you get more of a consistent breeze. Yeah, you, you know, we have a ton of really cool spots, uh, and some spots are super good for mornings, and some spots are super good for evenings. So what I plan to kind of do is use uh, an airport near Utah Lake in the mornings, and then use the Great Salt Lake in the evenings. Uh, and, and kind of do the split back and forth. I think that's how most of the schools out here kind of do it. Uh, because in the mornings, if you come to the airport near Utah Lake, you typically have a nice little breeze. In the evenings, you can kind of get washed out with high winds. But if you go to the Great Salt Lake, then you typically have a nice breeze there as well. Uh, and then you kind of get the both, best of both of those worlds. I'm really upset I missed you. I do. I, I, I'm sad, but it sounds like... Sounds like there's some things in the works behind the scenes that uh, we're going to get you out here at some point. Awesome. Oh, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I do some uh, filming for a, an American-made drone company that's based out of Salt Lake City, too. So <laughs> I have other clients flying me out to that area, so I might have to extend that that film trip for some It's not that far away. I'm coming. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> So Tony Marzano out in Las Vegas is asking, starting your own school, what kind of equipment are you going to be selling? 
Uh, for motors, primarily I'm going to be using the limitless motors that Aviator PPG has made. Uh, and then wings, I'm actually really, really excited. I'm going to be carrying Sky Wings uh, and using primarily the Sky SEMA K2 or Sky SEMA Power. Excuse me. And then Ozone Wings, ITV Wings, and a couple other stuff. Okay. What was the biggest challenge starting your school? Was it uh, finding and allocating all the equipment, learning how to run a business, writing the LLC? You know, what was the biggest challenge? Uh, telling my uncle that I'm leaving. <laughs> if we're being honest, that was the biggest challenge. Life-fearing. I mean, the, the potential risk of, like, ruining everything and, you know, putting all your money on the line and, and you're, you you risked it all. Like, I risked it all. I put everything out there, and, and I took the biggest risk I've ever taken. Uh, that was kind of the scary part. Thankfully, I'd kind of already been doing – I'd kind of been running a paramotor company for, like, two years, so none of that stuff was – scarier and for me, new for me in a way. I'd kind of been doing it. But, you know, wiring high amounts of money to purchase lots of equipment was also kind of terrifying. So, I guess a lot of people, I mean, you don't want to answer it. I can answer. Want to know, are you guys on good terms yet? Uh, I have absolutely no problems with them. Okay. I can't speak for him, but I have <laughs> with them. All right. What kind of clothing and merch are you going to offer? <laughs> uh, I actually am working with uh, a company to make a slew of different designs. Have a bunch of fun stuff. Sweet. Yeah. How long have you been flying and where did you learn? Uh, I've been flying for 10 years this August. And I learned down in California on the coast and in Mexico. How old were you? Were you 12? I was uh 13 or 12 or 13 somewhere in there yeah yeah i was young i was a, did you a, like flying when you were 12 or 13 or you just got kind of pushed in it? did you ever uh like as a kid were were you always enthralled with flying or was it just kind of like you're gonna do it yeah i mean it's always been like this family thing like my dad had been flying since before i was born my entire family kind of been flying and and so I grew up like watching people fly and I was always just drooling of it, asking to go tandem, like, when can I do it? When can I do it? And then uh, around 10 years old is, is when it was like, okay, we can kind of make this happen. But then I moved away and then I moved back. And as soon as I moved back, it's like, okay, we're going to California, which is where the training was taking place. And uh, you're learning you're learning to fly. And it took, it took me quite a while to get it. But I took my first flight like a couple days after Christmas in 2012. And it was so freaking addictive, man. It was so freaking fun. But I'm like, I'm a, a little tiny 12-year-old running around with this big old thing on my back. It was uh, intimidating. It was intimidating for sure. And I and and I had my cousin like right next to me at 10 years old or 11 years old flying with me. So it was were just like us, coolest... like 13 and 11 running around. Were you the coolest kid in high school? Uh, no. <laughs> Did, did you did you not use I could run into the sky as a as a pickup I, line? I went for that angle, man. I actually <laughs> never brought it up because I never wanted to be like that guy that everybody looks at and is like, all he talks about is flying. I mean, like, you're we, pretty much an astronaut if you're like a 12 year old running into the sky. I mean, it, yeah, it was pretty cool. The the people that knew knew, and I was <laughs> talking about it. I had to just be that that guy that ran around about it. Right, fair enough. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so do you have any students already signed up? I do, I do. My class 
already getting full. Uh, didn't know what to expect demand-wise and just threw things out there. But my August class uh, is going to be my first ever training class, and it's already got it's already. All my advanced training classes are starting to fill slots. I mean, like, I've been grateful for how busy I became five, six days into the month. You know, six days in, and it's like, wow, I didn't expect this. What does an advanced training class look like? Uh, the advanced training class is a four-day training out here in Utah where I'll take you to a bunch of different LZs on launching confidence, landing confidence, turbulence tolerance, mountain flying if you're ready for it, uh, light thermaling, cross-country, all of those kind of things. So what I've seen it be mostly... Trevor, if you can hear us, we lost you again. I was hearing I can fine. hear him. Oh, we can hear him. Yeah, can, he's good on me? my end. Yeah, yeah okay. I can hear you, Trevor. So, so, so what it's been mostly is like guys who have, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours and they're not super, super confident and, and, and want like a little bit of a boost, want a little help with the launch, want a little help with the landing. They kind of come out and it's like, okay, well, let me walk you through it. Like, okay, tweak this little thing, this little thing. And it's all those like little tips and tricks that you won't necessarily learn unless you have somebody there to teach you or it's going to take you a while to kind of figure out. And it's just like a to those next. Like I had a guy come through last time who wanted to learn a foot drag, so I helped him learn how to foot drag. And he wanted to learn light maneuvers and energy management, so we kind of walked through that. He also wanted some confidence just launching. So it was like, all right, let's just go launch. Let's just go fly. How can we build that confidence? Uh, and he wanted to fly turbulence. And so during you know the morning when the wind started to pick up and it got a little rowdy, he and I went up for a flight, and it was just about building that tolerance that he has for confidence or uh, turbulence. And it's just kind of like, the level two, like, okay, you've flown, but now what? You want to get into more stuff. Maybe you don't have, like, a mentor or someone near you that you can learn from. Okay, we'll come out here and, and you know, let's give you that confidence. Let's help you get to the next step. Nice. Yeah, Bill H. says, good thing here. Stay in touch with your students. Call them for no reason. Yeah. Especially Rachel Blocker. She's going to send me a shirt that says, <laughs> Don't be a little bitch. So I'm going to come train with you, and you're going to teach me how not to be a little bitch. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, yeah. if I can say, that's a very good point that um, was brought up. Um, sometimes, especially in the extreme sports and speed flying and base jumping, you want to have a mentor because you never, as in your sport as well, you never stop learning and you want you want somebody who's who can teach you further or at least um can guide you through the journey for sure that's a very good point yeah I mean, um, like and you don't know i'm sorry i said there's things you just don't know like you don't know you just what you don't, don't know. know exactly and, and then it's very important because, well, obviously, um, always ask question. And I had so many people help me when I started skydiving, speed flying, and um, besides the coaches, besides, but after the course, you're like, okay, now what? So it's good to connect and keep asking questions. And because people have helped me so much, I try to be there for the newer people now. Um, and um, especially like in the speed flying and we, we don't have, like I said, a super good structure in Europe for the speed flying, but it's, uh, at least for the, for the paragliding and the speed flying in, in America, you do have resources. So 
it's good to use those and connect with people and mentors. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's one of those things that you should never stop pursuing is like additional help and instruction. E even myself, I try and always ask everybody that I possibly can for as many tips and tricks that I possibly can. I mean, when I went out to I went out to Aviator for a week and it's like every time I'd land, I'd ask all of their instructors, like, got any tips? Like, what do you think? And I'm always, I think you should always be seeking for instruction and, and tips and guidance, in particular in this high risk uh, a sport, you know, something like this where we're playing in aviation, like ask help. This is not something that you just want to run around and, and play by ear. Just wing it. You know, it's not necessarily something that you just want to wing it. Well, uh, we've seen actually, we've seen in our communities specifically, um, especially after the COVID, people just watching videos and buying equipment and just going, sending it. So <clears throat> that's uh, obviously not recommended. Uh, the mountains are free. You can always access the mountains and launch, but that's not that's not something that should be done for everyone's safety and for the sports itself, for the growth of it. Um, <clears throat> so I'd rather people come to me and ask me questions. And if I don't have time or I don't know, I at least I know who to um, who to connect them with. And when, when we're out in, in Europe, a lot of people actually contact us. Hey, where is this launch? Can you take me here? Can you take me there? You obviously want to see what their, um, what their preparation is before giving out those information and becoming a mentor. You want to see what they have done. Did they do their homework? Are they, what are they flying? Um, and also actually buying, buying and selling. I found out people just randomly buying my wing. I'm like, wait a minute, who are you? Like, where? who is your coach? Uh, why are you buying a nine meter? What are you flying? So, oh no, this is my first nine meter. I'm like, no, I'm not selling it to you. It's just, so like, do you have somebody to go to for asking questions? Okay, no, okay, fine. Why don't you connect with this coach and then try to put them in contact with this person and um, try to minimize, you know, the risk and try to have the, the sports grow in a healthier way. I don't know if that's the case in para, paramotoring. I think you guys have a very good community and very strong community. Um, but for us, it's been it's been a couple of years. It's been people more people coming into the sports in base and speed flying, but uh, not a lot of mentors, unfortunately. So that's very good. I'd like to say when I joined Aviator, I heard of them not selling motors to people specifically because they didn't have training, et cetera, or they yeah. just didn't feel comfortable with selling them equipment. And I didn't, I, I was new to the company and it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, wait up, you're losing a lot of money, not selling this equipment. But now I see it, you know, the, the longevity of the sport and, you know, being good stewards of, uh, you know, the, the, the lifestyle of aviation. So it, it yeah. is in, I'm sure all these other companies are the same way that, that you're, you're like literally giving someone a death wish. If you're giving untrained people this yeah. equipment and just say, all right, slap me on the ass. See ya. Yeah. So that the mentorship and the schools like you're doing also the Trevor is doing and the, like intermediate or advanced courses or classes or uh, those are very important too for the people who are becoming mentors as well. That's a great point, Priscilla. I actually live about 45 minutes away from my uh, school and instructor, along with a bunch of friends that are extremely experienced. And without them, I wouldn't be here today. 
But uh, Tony Marzano actually has a great question for Trevor. Um, and Trevor, for as long as you've been doing this, I'm sure you know a heck of a lot about your wings. But have you ever done personal SIV training? And if so, what do you think? I have, I have not actually done an SIV. I've never, I've never really had a strong desire to go and unload my wing in the air. I like, I like to keep it loaded. I like to do maneuvers where the wing is still inflated and not flopping around through the sky. I will say I've been on a boat filming an SIV, and it was the most dangerous and crazy experience of my life. <laughs> I, think I was not that, even, I was not even in the air, and I was freaking out. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> wow. It's so, uh, Trevor, uh, do you have a strong opinion about SIV in general, or anything you want to share? Uh, I, no. I mean, I think SIVs are fine. I think, uh, I think people are a little too quick to jump an SIV. I, I, I don't think anyone under 100, 200 hours should be going to an SIV for any reason. Like, yeah, you're going to learn a little bit, but really you're not going to benefit too much from it, and you're going to put yourself at a lot of risk. Uh, and so I'm all game for it for the right person i just don't think it's an I, I don't think it's like the next step after you've gotten into paramotors uh i just don't think you learn gr- enough to justify putting yourself at that risk unless you're unless you're a couple hundred hour pilot who's really kind of looking looking to push to that next step okay that's a good point and uh, while I got gotcha, you, I'm just curious because, like, the more I look at it, the more paragliding seems so appealing. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts on just your paragliding experience without a motor? Me? Yeah. I would say I I, I freaking love paragliding, man. Par- I can't imagine living without paragliding. I can't imagine living with without paramotoring. Like, if I had to pick and choose, I, I don't think I could do it. Paragliding is 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 enjoyable for like a completely different reason than paramotors are paramotors that are you go up for the adrenaline rush the yanking and banking the kicking the tree the flying low the doing all of that stuff paragliding you go up for none of that you go up to seek lift you go up to connect kind of with the environment and be one with like the mountain and the wind and your wing uh and it's like this super surreal feeling as soon as you like hit lift and you get this this rise and this climb and it's like it's unreal. I mean, it's addicting beyond belief to just be completely connected to the environment and relying on wind and climb. and lift to climb versus just hammering down power and flying away. Because then the, the pursuit and the joy in the, in the flying is no longer like, you know, can I yank and bank and wingtip drag over here or kick the tree over here? It becomes, okay, how can I, you know, scratch this hill for just a little bit more lift and then climb up to this point? And it becomes a strategy game of, like, searching for these these points where you can get a little higher and, and go to the next spot. And, uh, I mean, it's just so I, – I think of it as really pure. It's, like, the most pure form of flight you possibly can get. How often do you get a paraglide as opposed to paramotoring? I paraglide multiple times every week. I live – Wow. 15 minutes from the, the point of the mountain, Utah, which is one of the most world-renowned paragliding sites out there. And is that pretty difficult air out there or? No, know, the, the, the point of, from my perspective, I could be wrong, is it's super dummy proof. Like it's super tame. You know, you, you almost always have a nice consistent breeze. You're not having to catch thermals to get up. Uh, it's all ridge lift. The wind is typically pretty smooth unless it picks up to a high, you know, 
high speed, which you're not going to be flying in that usually anyways. Uh, and it's, I, I don't find the point of the mountain like that difficult. There's like the, there's a bunch of other paragliding sites that you have to launch, catch thermals, ride to the top of these big mountains and keep jumping from mountain to mountain. And, and that gets really, really difficult. And then you go down, uh, there's like, someone said, it, it's like the black hole of cross country paragliding. Cause it really is, there's like so much to it. And, and, and it's just such a difficult thing to truly understand trying to find lift and where you're going to catch a thermal and how to ride a thermal and the shape of a thermal and the size and the, there's so much to it. What about the um, obvious risks of thermaling and throwing your reserve if you catch a collapse or something like that? How prevalent? I mean, you said the point of the mountain is like, you know, what you would maybe consider the beginner's mode, but yep. have you the, seen a lot of incidents? Yeah, I mean, there's there's incidents. The The thing with paragliding is, I actually think paragliding is, is more dangerous than paramotoring is, depending on you. Uh, because I think the baseline of risk is a little bit higher in paragliding than it is in paramotoring. Now, we as pilots typically fly while paramotoring in a more risky manner. Like, if you go up and you just cruise around looking at the views, like, you're not at that high of risk, especially if you're looking for good LZs to land in case of a motor out. But with paragliding, you're flying in wind, and you're relying on this object, typically a mountain or a hill or something, to produce this 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 lift for you to climb on, or, or you're relying on, like, thermal and since you're playing on like the ground you're literally i call it like kissing the ground you're relying on that ground if the wind picks up or you take a collapse or something happens you're going to end up on the ground like you're a lot closer to the thing that hurts all us pilots and that is the ground and so you have a lot more incidents of people hitting the ground and flying into the, the mountain and crashing in and taking a collapse and hitting the ground and stuff like that um, just because you have to play on this hill in order to get the lift, in order to stay up, in order to fly. Yeah. And you have to put in wind, and wind can change. And, you know, unless you're at, like, a beach where it's perfectly smooth, it can gust, it can change, it can climb, it can, you know, drop. All of a sudden, you get pushed over the back of the hill. And if you get pushed over the back of the hill, I mean, that's where there's there's a lot of risk, and, and you're going to have to go through the rotor and land in a spot where you're going to have to hike it out. And so there's mm-hmm. definitely, I would say, a higher baseline risk to paragliding, than there is in paramotoring, depending on how you fly paramotor. Well, cool. I don't want That's to get true. too far off subject. I know you were talking about your uh, the company. I'm excited to to um, see how that grows. So kudos for you to take that leap. Thank you. I know it could be very rewarding. I run my own business for five, six years now, and it's it's so cool being your own boss and being you're, you're accountable for for the rest of your life as long as you run this company. So kudos for jumping off the deep end. Freedom's never felt so good, man. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yes, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It's It's been a lot of fun. I get to go do and, and help and be a part of things. You know, one thing, I don't, I don't no, you can get me ranting. You get me talking and I stop. So you, you, you point the direction where you want me to go or point the conversation. Have you considered with your company the uh, paragliding side of things with adventures for people? I have, I have. Uh, paragliding is, is it's a, quite a bit more difficult to become like an instructor, and, and there's a lot more to know about paragliding. Uh, and although I have quite a bit of experience in it, I wouldn't consider myself like a great an expert per se. Like I'm, I'm quite knowledgeable about it, but I'm not quite to that point to where it's like I'm an expert. And so, as much as I want to do that kind of stuff. I'm giving myself a little more time and, and and learning from other instructors as much as I can before I just kind of jump in and offering paragliding instruction. One thing, though, that I do really want to offer at some point, maybe going into next spring and summer, 
is like a paramotor to paraglider transition course where it's like, okay, you fly paramotors, but you want to get into paragliding. You know, here's a, a, a transition to go from one to the other uh, and, and maybe vice versa, go from paragliding to paramotoring because I think I th- That'd honestly, be amazing. Well, and then you I, said you were going to collaborate with yeah. people, so you might be able to connect with. Because again, I'm very new to paragliding, but I was in Salt Lake City, and someone was like, "Oh, go rip it off the mountain." I'm like, I have no idea where to even start. <laughs> and like, call Chris yeah. and a coach. Uh, yep. I, I know the name. I just it's like where you flip through the yellow pages and find them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's who I'm working with. Like, I'm trying to kind of work with Chris to to get up to my instructor rating and stuff, and have that like. Okay, like you want to kind of get into this? Well, like come out, let, let me help you, and let's uh, let's go and experience a taste for it. And I think all paramotor pilots should really be paragliding pilots as well. Like you need to understand, like controlling that glider in all of these environments and situations and wind and lift and, and sink, because it does carry over to paramotoring. You can encounter those, and you will encounter those situations. And I think as soon as I always see, as soon as a paramotor pilot pilot experiences and tastes free flight, they don't stop. Like every paramotor pilot that I've taken paragliding, even though I take them like once, they're like, they call me the next morning like, hey man, can we go paragliding? Like, hey, can we go, can we go paragliding? Like, what, wait, you don't want a motor anymore? No, I want to do that too, but can we go paragliding? And it's like, I think this, the community of paramotor pilots are kind of like missing out on this really fun thing. And I'd love to help kind of transfer, uh, be this connection bridge between the two. I love oh, the, yeah. the, the my first... instructor who's been doing it for 12 years. He went down to Brazil for three weeks to do nothing but paraglide for the first time. Oh, yeah. The bug hit him. He's like, I got to have it. And oh, he was in big boy air, too. That scared him. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going down there, you're riding massive thermals that yeah. are, go up to cloud base. And it, I, I mean, that's that could be really terrifying. Like hitting lift of like five meters a second, 10 meters a second. 15 it's, yeah, it's he was going down cloud row like oh dude it, it's, it's the most terrifying experience because it doesn't feel right because all of a sudden now your wing it gives you like a stalling feeling because it shoots up and it kind of yanks back uh the, you know right when you hit it and it's like oh my gosh i'm gonna fall out of the sky but you're not falling out of the sky in fact you're shooting up like a rocket ship almost you know possibly climbing up to cloud base depending on if you ride the thermal right and it's like it could be absolutely terrifying the first handful of times and then it's almost like a it becomes a drug and you become addicted to like this pursuit of lift and what i've seen in like paramotors it's like as soon as the people taste paragliding it's like they start looking and trying to combine the two it's like what makes paramotoring fun for me now is the pursuit of paragliding things with a motor it's like how can i go ride this lift and find these thermals and climb to cloud base and do that kind of stuff with the motor because there are fun things that are fun about motors too i think coming into the sport everyone's first question how much does it cost what's the cost of paramotoring it's like all right well you're one motor one wing one motor, two wings. Oh, now you're a paraglider. Oh, now you own an RV and a trailer. Oh, now you're divorced and you live on a river. You know, like, what's the true hey, cost of this sport? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like a, a rabbit hole. Everybody calls me. They're like, man, you know, I just want, like, one wing. I'm like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you in, like, six months, man. Let me know when you're ready for your second and third. Right. And if, like, if it really bites you, if this becomes your thing, you have a trailer and you have two motors and you have seven wings and a paragliding harness and... A, like four GoPros that you don't know how to use and uh, <laughs> you know it's uh, all this fun stuff and I, I get phone calls from I'll get phone calls from 60 year old customers and they're like hey man like how do you work a GoPro and I'm like why are you filming your flights man he's like I don't know it's like okay <laughs> got four angles of it though into editing and trying to learn that whole aspect of it yeah. 
<laughs> you show up in the field and there's like this 60 year old pilot who's out there and he's like yeah i just make these videos for my 20 friends say hi i'm like great man. i was about to we should start a business doing that taking everybody's gopro angles and making vi- usable videos for them there you go just <laughs> offering like we will edit your paramotor footage for you yeah <laughs> that'd be fun hey, best so thing part- about oh i'm sorry go ahead go ahead oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, the best thing about your transition, Trevor, now is at gatherings. You're going to get to float around and party with us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. So question on the screen, Clark video, uh, Steve, um, is asking if Trevor is going to Oshkosh for EAA. Uh, what are the dates for it? It's the last week of July. Ooh, I have an advanced training scheduled. I'll, I'll, I like, Bummer. I start thinking okay. I scheduled something every single weekend until November. And I didn't realize it until after people had already started signing up. So I'm, I'm a little booked out and I'm, I'm hopeful to make endless foot drag this year, okay. but I'm yeah. not sure. All right. Welcome to running your own business. Now you got to start All scheduling right. yourself around <laughs> the, the fun stuff. That's like right. birthdays and holidays. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully I'm young and I don't have too much of that. <laughs> This is really what life revolves around. Do you have any long-term dreams? All right. Or any goals other questions? Long-term dreams and goals for what? For what you're doing? I don't know. Just eventually, what you want to get out of this? Uh, I mean, out of the paramotor industry, sure, but that's a whole different conversation. Within the paramotor industry, one thing that I do want to do uh, that I've already kind of started the conversation with uh, uh, Noah with the USPPA is like helping raise the bar of the average student. Like, how can we increase the skill of just the average student? How can we increase the skill of the average instructor? And how can we just make everything all around a little bit better? Uh, because you know, you know, there's all different types of instructors out there, and and there's some that are great, and there's some that are not so great, and and what. I don't know how long you guys have been in this, but if you looked at the average skill level of like someone 10, 15 years ago, they really sucked. Like people these days, you know, if you go out and you compare them to, to 10 years ago, it's like, wow, everybody's really, really good now compared to 10 years ago. Um, you know, my dad hadn't flown in like five, six years. And when he went to salt and sea, he's like, wow, everybody's pretty good. So it's like, how can we, we level that up again? How can we bring everybody up another tier and, and increase the, the instructor quality, increase the structures and s- systems that we have in place? And just all around make this a better thing for everybody because the safer or the better that every pilot is on average, the safer everybody is. And then the less we're going to have injuries, the less we're going to have crashes, the less we're going to have FAA regulations and stepping in and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I'm working with NOAA and USPPA to like, how can we tweak the instructor syllabus? How can we, you know, raise this bar and increase the quality of all the instruction? Yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement. I like it. Yep. So Tony wants to know if you're going to be going to Salton Sea or Flying Circus next year. For sure. For sure. I, I will definitely be going to Salton Sea. I try to never miss Salton Sea. Flying Circus, I'm not sure, but Salton Sea for sure. Okay. All right. Any other questions for Trevor? Congratulations. All right. When you come to Nebraska, yes. come to Nebraska. Come on. Maybe. Maybe this winter, maybe next spring. <laughs> oh, there's a question. Uh, there we go. I'll, I'll Angela. Question. 
do I think it's important to go to a USPPA certified instructor? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, I, I think what, what Noah is trying to do with the USPPA is, is make it so that when you do sign up with the USPPA instructor, you know that they're, they kind of know what they're doing. Previously, it kind of felt like, at least what it felt like to me was like, oh, you know, if you know somebody or you pay somebody, you can become a certified USPPA instructor. And so it's not like, oh, they're a certified USPPA instructor. Oh, then they know what they're doing. Uh, that isn't always the case. There's people out there that are certified instructors that really have no business being a certified USPPA instructor. Uh, and so, no, I don't think you have to go to one. I think there's a lot of really, really great instructors that are probably not a part of it. And there's a lot of really great instructors that are a part of it. I have been pretty excited to see the change in the winds this past year with the USPPA because I, I was kind of mad for a while about the lack of accountability, but it seems like there's some changes happening. I like it. Yeah, there's there's kind of a they're cycling out old and bringing in new, and it, and and new ideas and new excitement and new energy and new new people to to kind of bring this thing to the next level because because I, I mean the team that had kind of been running it had been running it for so long they had just gotten complacent with where it was and they didn't want to change it they didn't want to risk it they didn't want to lose it and uh, it gotten stale is the term that I had used uh, with it and there's so much potential for it I mean this or there should be having an organization that kind of looks over all of it and it's like okay you know let's set some standards and stuff like that the idea of that is really great if the execution is is there as well which the execution didn't seem like it was there up until now and it's kind of starting to get there i see the vision with noah and, and what he's kind of trying to do and i i think it's definitely going to get there All right, Sandra's got a question. What do you think is the personal driving force for people to become an instructor? Uh, that's a great question. I'm sure everybody has a different motive. What's yours? I think the question, Trev. What is, oh yeah, your personal, personal driving force to become an instructor. Um, what is <laughs> my personal drive? I've always enjoyed helping people uh, uh, achieve this dream that they've pro that they've dreamed of for years. For most people, they dream of being flying at a young age. They tie a blanket around their neck and they jump off the staircase and try and fly. And unless you go down the route of, of general aviation, which can be not very exciting depending on the type of flying that you want to do, you don't ever achieve that. And so, you know, when, when we were running or whenever I've trained someone, it's like often they have this life story of like, man, I wanted to do something like this for my whole life. And now I finally get to do it. And like watching the reaction on their face and this excitement and this this vibe that they give off as they go and achieve this dream that they've thought up and, and dreamed of for so long is so rewarding. I mean, that right there is like so, 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 so rewarding is helping someone achieve that dream. Yeah. It's cool to film it. You can see the change in people. It's, it's really special. You can't, you yeah, can't. And, and, I mean, well. just the, the community as well. Like you build these lifelong friendships with these people that you you have a connection in a different way. I've never seen anything else that builds a, a camaraderie and community quite like paramotors do because like you're, you're, you're fighting and you're working together towards this one goal, which is learning how to fly. And there's struggle mixed in that and there's difficulty and there's ups and there's downs. And so if you have, you know, you're a team, you're a group working towards that together, even though you're all on your individual journey, it's like by the end of the 10, you know, the 10 days or 14 days of your training class, you're really tight with, with all of those people. Like my best friends to this day are always people that I've met in this. 
And, you know, we share this common passion of flying, specifically flying a butt fan, and it becomes really, really fun. Special bonds are important. Someone's asking, are you single? (laughs) Finish the question. (laughs) I am not. Asking for Steve. (laughs) Steve, he's not single. (laughs) Shucks. How much product do you use in that hair? Uh, I was going to ask that. <laughs> not a lot. Uh, I just have weird hair, man. It just wakes up. No pomade, no gel? I put a little bit of gel in there, but that sucker just sticks up, man. <laughs> oh, man. You should see my dad's hair. It's just, it, it's all up. It's just how we are, I guess. Does your dad fly uh, PBG? He does. Okay. He does. Uh, he was, he was uh, Dell's first student back in like 1999. Still wow. here today. Still here today. Let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Uh, there's a few more questions that I saw sneak in there that I'll go ahead and answer. Um, do I plan on still training down in Corpus Christi, Texas? No, I do not plan to train down in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, there's the argument of beach training versus inland training, which I'll happily make a video about here soon, but that's a long conversation. Have I seen the Dell interview from Judson? Yes, I was one of the first few to see it. Judson was kind enough not to release it because it was quite funny. You should all go pay Judson five bucks to join his Patreon and go watch it because you won't regret it. Um, I think that, uh, did I sign up for the vice president gig? I did not. I did not know about it soon enough. Or maybe I still can, I, I don't know. But I did not sign up for the vice president of the USBPA. I should, that'd be fun. I've got an interesting poll for all the panels. Yes or no? Flying with flying a paramotor, non-acro, with or without a reserve. Go. Starting at the top. Non-acro, flying a paramotor, with or without a reserve. You guys non Yeah, non-acro. Wendy, we can't hear you. I'm famous for that. Um, non-acro, a uh, hundred flights without my reserve. I have a reserve now, but okay. I don't do acro. Steve? I've had a reserve since 20 flights in, and I haven't detached it for any sort of reason, so. Okay. Jade? Jade, you're going to, we losing you? We might we know I lost you guys. What about the what about the skydivers? My internet is acting up. The skydivers hear, hear me now? Oh yeah, go for it. Um what the question I, I missed part of it. Is it non acro flying? With or without a reserve? With with a reserve. You fly with a reserve? No acro. Right. With for a us. Reserve. For us, we never have a reserve except for skydiving. But if I'm paragliding, I use a, I, I prefer to have a reserve for sure. For speed flying, speed flying and base, no reserve. But the paraglider, yes. I, I think reserves are cheap insurance, uh, and I don't know why anybody would fly with that one. Yeah, I'm up to like 200 flights without a reserve, and going to Utah, flying with everyone out there, it. It, and seeing how easy it is to install, I think that's going to be my next piece of equipment that I purchase. Yep. I just I, I probably have 70 
plus flights and I just added a reserve like last week. <laughs> I don't, I've been reading enough on the internet that may on the Facebook groups to make me think that eh, it doesn't hurt to have it. So, well, my favorite thing is to fly low to the ground. So mm, is it going to save me? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when you fly with steel you- reserve. Mm. <laughs> See, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I think everybody should fly with a reserve just because crap happens. I was and, and see is then like what's the first thing you do if you encounter turbulence? Well, you hit the throttle to try and climb, and so now you went from an altitude that you that you couldn't have used to reserve to now you're at an altitude where you can, and it, and it happens without realizing it. So you know, I, I don't know. I have opinion on reserves. <laughs> sure. Well, that was another question I had, especially flying out west. If you encounter turbulence, do you climb or do you just try to land immediately? And well, I mean, what's the situation? Right, exactly. Is it thermals growing throughout the day, or is it just a wind shear? And they say if it's thermic activity, you and you have the opportunity to land, go ahead and land. But if it's wind shear type or a strong wind gust, uh, obviously more altitude for more mistakes is what Brad Roper told me from flying with uh, Southern Paramotor, Southern Utah Paramotor. So, yeah, I mean, altitude your friend for yeah. sure, for sure. That's a good and- question because whenever I hit uh, pretty rough turbulence, my first instinct is climb out of it. Yep. Well, what type of turbulence is it, right? Is yeah, because it, it all varies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that, that's why I love the reserve. because Mostly because, like, I've always flown in these conditions that are not necessarily forgiving. Like, you, you fly in a, a nice, smooth place, and you only fly in smooth conditions. Like, you don't ever encounter, like, oh, crap, all of a sudden everything went to, to crap. Uh, but flying out here where it's like we're flying to these 11,000 feet pe- foot peaks in the middle of the day, in the middle of August, where there's 15 mile an hour of winds and we're soaring the top and catching thermals. It's like, yeah, OK, you definitely want everything that you possibly can have to save your butt in case something goes wrong. And one of those things is definitely reserve. And you got to know that it adds uh, complexity to your pre-flight, just like anything, like all these cameras, a speed bar, now like uh, a reserve and I'm flying with cameras. I mean, yeah yeah i mean we we have or or i have like a very meticulous pre-flight check that can that only takes like one or two minutes uh but i you know whenever i'm teaching a student it's like okay you go through the pre-flight inspection and if you are interrupted you start over Mm -hmm. and you treat this as general aviation not a dirt bike where if it dies while you're riding on the trail you're fine no you know you have to be meticulous go through this look at every single piece and uh you can't just skim over it Especially with a reserve. I mean, the last thing you want is an accidental deployment. But if you have an accidental deployment, you made a serious mistake. You did something dumb. Uh, You know, one of the things we also or I also always teach and always do is it's like check your reserve. Reach down and make sure it's not pulled. Like as soon as I'm airborne, that's the first thing I do is reach and double check a reserve. And then if I do like a right before I go to do any maneuvers, I'll check a reserve. You know, every periodically I'll just double check, make sure that reserve is still kind of packed in there. And that it's not about to come out because you do not want an accidental deployment. Yeah, I like your um, if you get interrupted in your pre-flight, go ahead and start over. When I film, I'm filming new students and it's so crazy because they're already trying to you know live out their live stream. There's, there's a lot of emotion and a lot of focus. And now they have got someone pointing a camera at them. Like what kind of pressure does that increase? So oh, yeah. I try to steer clear of uh, messing with them when they're doing that pre-flight. And I'll, I'll even say that out loud because yeah, it, it's such a, a, a very important step. Yeah, it's when you're doing pre-flight, you're doing pre-flight. You're not doing anything else. You're not putting a radio on. You're not checking your GoPro. You're not checking your phone. You're doing a pre-flight. Once you're done, mm-hmm. you can proceed. 
and, and adding <laughs> GoPros to the complexity. Now you got a battery to charge. Now you've got uh, a card and you are, you know, is it pointing in the right direction? So all this has gone through your head and not only like, Oh, where, where's the wing coming from? Is the wing laid up? Right. Did I prime it? You know? So yep. GoPros are way, you don't understand how complex it gets with just a single GoPro. Yeah, it's my skirt riding up on me in the harness. <laughs> my thumb's down. <laughs> yeah, I, I think unless you're trying to like, unless there's a real good purpose behind filming beyond just like showing and having cool footage, like I, I say don't bother with the GoPro because it adds so much complexity and it adds stress and, and new components to this very relaxing and fun thing. Because you land and you check your footage, and all of a sudden it wasn't filming the right direction. Well, now this is really cool <laughs> that you just enjoyed. You now it's are miserable. Really <laughs> yeah. like, you hate it. I've had some of my most fun flights, and I land and the GoPro corrupted, and I didn't get any of the footage. And now this like beautiful thing where it was an amazing experience is now like a really sour taste. Look, I just came back from my family reunion. I didn't take a single camera. I wanted to film it. Yeah. God, it took everything not to pack a camera. I never fly without a camera. And just being there and living in the moment it was my yeah. my grandma's 80th birthday. You know, I took some iPhone video and pictures just to remember something, but it was really cool to be in the moment. Yeah, for us yeah. guys, it's been we can't even post basically three quarters of the stuff that we film anyways. So That's right, base <laughs> jumping. You guys are basically criminals. And then we always. Um, we're always okay are you ready all right and we're on top of a mountain about to do i don't know some crazy aerials or some wingsuit jump i don't know okay you're ready yes i'm ready okay let's go and then you have a gopro sound so irritating yeah you're like eleven thousand feet and you're like trying to jump and do this crazy project and you have so many gopros and none of them work it happens so uh, many times. The worst professional camera in existence. Speaking yeah. from a professional, we all agree. So, so I saw Wendy, yeah, I saw Wendy and you guys' videos like the 360, and some of our friends started turning with the 360. I'm like, we really need to invest in that if we're doing projects and stuff, and we want that like yeah, better camera. Is insane for the fact that it captures everything it's never pointing in the wrong direction it's literally a bubble yeah. but yeah, I will, amazing. I will, it, it's insane the back end the back end you have to get a good strong computer that will process the footage because it's a whole nother step it's not just taking the footage and putting it to the computer you got to put it into a, its own little proprietary editing program keyframe where you yeah. want the viewer to look and then export that then you can edit that export i literally just got done our fourth wow. of july just non-stop yeah it took me two hours just to finish all the 360 footage yeah i haven't been wearing because of the extra distraction that it provides most of the times and you're there you're trying to concentrate like you said you have so many variables so many things to check i go through my head with a checklist but the camera it's relative if i remember it good i'll have it i'll try it but it doesn't it's not a must for me but if we are working on projects yes we we try to like make sure that we check that too that it functions well uh, but again uh, it is a distraction you're right well, speaking of film uh trevor do you plan on like doing something more within film photography because you got you got a good presence and stuff like maybe more of jetson style like do you have any plans for that 
Yes, I, I do. Uh, I wish I was as talented as Judson is or Reese at making content. I've tried and tried and tried, and I don't feel that I'm super great at it. Um, but I have all intent and purposes. I'm going to try and make content like Ryan Southwell and Judson and Reese and just make cool videos that are fun to watch. I have a question. Um, we are talking about GoPros. Are you going to be an instructor that allows your students to go up on their flights with, with a GoPro? No, 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 no. Okay. I, we, I never let anybody go on their first quite a few flights, maybe 50 flights, you know, 25 flights at least with it, without a, without a GoPro, because it's just a snag hazard. And the last thing you want to do is as you try and turn around, you know, or, or you launch and you look up and your GoPro snags on your netting or it snags a line or whatever, it just adds another thing to think about in this already overwhelming environment. Right. Good point. Overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Those are all, right. all very good points. Yes. For sure. Any other questions for any of our guests? I know we want to quickly, you know, um, get Karen in here a little bit. Karen, you're down in Chicago. We are visiting family. We're going to be on our way hopefully tomorrow, guys. So we're trying to get up to Tomahawk. We're going to make it all in one day. So. When was the last time you flew? All right. Yep. She's uh, down in Chicago. Yeah, uh, we flew, we were down in central Illinois, and we were actually staying in an RV park that was right at an airport. So we were able to fly right right outside of our RV, which is very convenient for us. But anyway, we always have to put our whole gear together every time we flew, so I guess it doesn't really matter whether we're right outside our RV or driving to an airport. So I, I just got done that RV trip, and, and putting your motor together is a bit of a hassle. So you guys aren't towing a trailer? No, I mean we we're, we we tow a uh, so we live in a motorhome and we tow an F one fifty, and um, in the trunk of the F one fifty or in the back end of the pickup, we put a cap on there and that's kind of our garage. Um, that's where we keep the gas motors and you know it's it's full of toys. So, nice. um, yep, yep. How long so, have you been RV lifing it for? Three and a half years. So full time, we don't own anything. We just live in this motorhome, and uh, yep. I don't know. Uh, we didn't actually bring our motorhome by aviator, but we did train at aviator. Uh, I did meet you, Reese, when we were there. But uh, I think you were newer, though. It was in March of 2021. Have you been doing it for a while? Yeah, 2020. Is, I started June 2020. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, we were March 2021. Yeah, we've been yeah. flying for a year now. Nice. So yeah. What's uh, your favorite flight so far, if you don't mind me asking, traveling around the country? I'd have, well, I'd have to say Panama City Beach. I really enjoyed the flying thing. Um, that was very nice. I We didn't really try when we were in Utah. Um, I have an Adam 80. I tried to fly at 3,000 feet elevation and really struggled to get any lift. So once we got to Utah, I guess we did fly in St. George. That oh, went yeah. Over only a, a thousand, it was only like a thousand foot elevation so um Brad roper in, in that little field i we did take off we had communicated i think it was with brad to find out where to take off so st james park is where yep. we took off. yeah yeah and that one that went great that was a fun flight very beautiful up there um i have we haven't gotten to moab yet uh we, we are we've been we've been there in past years but never on our, our travels we, to moab. we love moab yeah moab is Soon, I'm 
I would and, say for challenge for for paramotor take on, taking off uh, the conditions that I had done were high grass, kind of kind of challenging. So I mean I I know there's hundreds of opportunities to take off in different areas, but the one that I had, I mean it was not easy. That is for sure. So Trevor <laughs> and all these, I think that it would be awesome to have like a Google Docs page where it kind of has takeoff or LZ points for some of the, the higher, you know, uh, there, there is one, uh, for Moab. I think it's called Moab mm-hmm. And it's oh, got like okay. a whole bunch of information of like where you can launch and the LZ and what it looks like. It would be like sweet to like have that. pictures too. So you could like, ah, that's I, kind of like <laughs> sketchy. <that's good. laughs> I well, think they rank it in terms of like easy to hard okay. and stuff That's like awesome. that. And uh, I've always used that every time I go down there of like, where can I fly? Because the last thing I want to do is fly in a spot I'm not allowed to fly in and, and piss right. people off. Right. We end up doing a lot of Facebook groups along the way around the country looking for pe- you know, people who fly in different states, different areas, try to get LZs because, yeah, you don't want to go to a place you shouldn't be and, you know, you don't want to ruin it for yeah there's a lot of people are really hesitant to let go of their lz's and tell where their lz's are and and i don't blame them because there's a small percentage of the community that's rambunctious and goes out there and just ruins spots Mm -hmm. and last thing you want to do is have your spot ruined yeah yeah we've been seeing that too in our in our sister sports yeah for sure yeah yeah and it's inevitable It, it just sucks yeah we have been finding the municipal airports and stuff have been quite, at least in the small cities, the municipal airports have been quite uh, receptive to letting us fly. Um, very few have turned us down. So we do we do check out those routes. But there's a lot of private ones like that you can call and they're eager to let someone use their land or fly. So it's it's been okay. We've been finding places all over the country. It's good to hear. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What mode are you flying? What, what? What motor are you flying? Uh, I uh, am on the Adam 80 on a fly rider. Fly. Yeah, the thrust rider thrust. So, yeah, yep. I just know some motors break down a little easier or challenging. So I was wondering, because uh, you build your motor every time, is it yeah, an enjoyable I mean, process? Yeah, the cage, right? The motor stays up. We just put the cage on, put the prop on. Um, you know, now that we've done it probably 50 times, we're a little more efficient and like trevor said you know you, you don't get disrupted while you're doing it you go through the whole process you do it usually i'll pre-check mine and then i'll go pre-check my husband while he pre-checks you know pre-flights mine just to make sure we didn't screw something up um so that's you know we just because we do have to break down every time it is a you know it is important to have good, right. good pre-checks there so any crazy mishaps on the road that you could avoid it and, and could share with the community? Because I, I personally, for I forget where it was, I w- I took my bungee cord off a motor to wrap it around a flag and forgot to bungee the motor. The motor fell over, bent some of the prop nuts. So like something like that could have been avoided. Um, you know we we are pretty crammed into our trucks, but we don't have we, nothing moves back there just because everything is so crammed in, and we purposely do that, right? We we filled every you know just so nothing moves around. Um, we haven't had a lot of mishaps per se on the road. Um, you know we we knock on wood haven't had any major breakdowns, and so so far things have just keep rolling. Um, That's great. As our as our RV gets a little older, I think we're expecting that we'll start having issues. So far, it's been good. So, awesome. yeah. 
Well, we look forward to having you up here. Yeah, I'm excited to meet you guys there for the first time. We're uh, getting up to Tomahawk here, and uh, that should be. You said the flight. It's supposed to be good weather for flying this weekend. Yep, mm -hmm. supposed to be low to mid 80s, and it looks like the winds are going to be cooperating with us. Great, looking forward to yep. it. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. We'll be looking forward to seeing you live, Jade. Yeah, here in the winter. Yeah, in. Yeah. Having a little bit of internet problems, we had to move in. Mosquitoes were ready to take take us for a launch. That's what happened to me outside too, and then I ran out of light. <laughs> I could just right. hear them buzzing me. <laughs> Can we go right to the airport tomorrow, um, or what? Should, where should yeah. we be going? Are they open tomorrow night? Yeah, we should have our camper out there tomorrow evening, um, early mid afternoon. So whenever you get here, just let me know, and uh, we'll be out there. I know I'm going to be staying out with Deweese and Randy overnight, and I think Eric will probably be out, but he's got to work Friday morning briefly, and then he'll be back down. So great. Okay. Hey, real quick, why don't you all give me a really big smile right now? Do it. <laughs> Three, two, Trevor, I'm looking at you. There, bigger, <laughs> bigger. There you go. Wow, this has been a great show. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. This is amazing, guys. Thank you. Yes, awesome show, Jade. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Jade. Yep. Happy anniversary, Jade. Everybody. Thank you, thank you guys. And um, like I said, if you guys. Get a chance, maybe Saturday mid afternoon or evening. I'll try to bring something out, um, and you can join us. And I'll get some of the pilots that are hopefully here. And like I said, fingers crossed. At least we, if we have fifteen, that's what we're hoping. Maybe more. I know Steve now says he can't get away from work, so we're kind of bummed about that. But yes, Steve, we'll see you in Oshkosh if you're if if you're going. I think I'll make half of it. But okay. remember, if we don't see you on the air, we'll see you in the air. In the air. Yeah. And congratulations, Trevor. <laughs> that was that was cool. I made it up myself. It was totally original. Oh we we didn't know that. <laughs> Couldn't tell. All right, guys. Um we're gonna cut it because it's already bedtime for some people. Reese, probably past your bedtime. Yeah, we're we're going flying in the morning too, so right. we got to pre-flight all the motors. Awesome! This is our longest show, and Trevor, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Trying to get more guys involved in our show now, and Priscilla and Filippo, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you, guys. Aaron and Wendy, thank yes. you so much. Wendy, we love you. Yes, we love you too. <laughs> you guys have a good night and fly safe. Good night. Right. Good night. We're coming in, burning for you.